We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This is, 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 Heat, heat, beat, 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 beat. With Giancarlo Nava and Ryan Goyne. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Giancarlo Nava. So with me today is Mr. Alf, Heat Twitter president. What up? What up? Woo-hoo. Lefty Leif, or Lucky Leif. Uh, one of these days you'll get it right. What's up? Leafy Leaf. Leafy Leaf, Lucky Leaf. As Ethan says, yeah. And special guest, Slim from the morning show at Southern United Ticket. Good, good afternoon, nighttime, sir. Yeah, it's like morning for me. Yeah. I just you, woke up. Stop, I say. What up? I don't know what the hell you're saying. Oh, come on, G. You're from Miami. I know, and I have a lot of Haitian friends, but they always speak Creole, and I don't understand. You don't know what to say to sac passe? I don't know what that is. Okay, really quick. A tutorial. If a Haitian ever says sac passe, all you have to say is not boule, and you're good. What does that mean? I don't believe you. <laughs> it, I, it honestly, it, it literally <laughs> translates into we're burning. I don't know. All right, everybody. So we're going to do something a little different today. We're going to have somebody on to talk about the relief effort. Uh, his name is Mr. Franz Jean, and his organization, KPP, is doing a relief effort in Haiti. And we're going to have him on to talk a little bit about this to kind of give you guys some insight. So, you know, if you know, October 4th, last week, eight days ago, Hurricane Matthew really devastated Haiti. And uh, here's the president of KPP to talk about this. So could you tell us a little bit? Bit, France, about what your organization is? Okay, KPP, or Convict Pou, Port-A-Piment, is a favor, is a non-profit organization. It's a favor one c three recognized by the IRS in 2010. And uh, it is headquarters in Florida. And also we have our sister organization that we work with in Haiti on the ground, in Port-A-Piment. It's called KPP Haiti. We've been out... Our mission really is to develop the, to help develop the municipality of Portapino, which is a small town in the southwest of Haiti. Um Portapino, we promote civic, social, and educational and health um, programs that benefit the community. You know, more can be said about us if anybody can is interested 
I will invite them to go and visit our website, which is www.portapiment.com. And it's spelled this way, P-O-R-T-A-P-I-M-E-N-T. We'll put a link in the description for the audience so that you'll be able to access it easy. We'll put it on Twitter so you guys will be able to see. Very good. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. Could you tell us a little bit about what's going on there on the ground or anything? Have you been able to contact anybody? Could you maybe paint a picture for the audience of what's going on down there? Yes. The the telephone system are not working right now in Parapima. People have to walk about two to three miles over the top of a mountain to get a signal. So, yes, I've been able to talk to some of the members and one of member of my family down there. And the situation has been described as alarming, chaotic, and it's very worrisome. So people are stranded there for, for days now uh, without food and water because everything has been devastated. Um, 90% of the homes have been destroyed. Um, the only structure that stand that stood the, the hurricane is the hospital. There is a hospital of 32 beds that we, KPP, have put, built uh, with the help of those organizations, international organization, uh, IGB, uh, in 2011. Uh, that hospital now is overwhelmed with patients, both patients of cholera and also the wounded. On top of that, people who have no place to, to go looking for shelter at night, they go to the hospital and stay there, which is very, very worrisome. It's, uh, it is really um, bad for the population of Porapima because the cholera is spreading. Um, I just read that uh, the doctors without borders are on the ground right now. And this morning, we sent some shipment of medicines um, from our local brothers, sister organization in, in Port-au-Prince. So they went down there to provide some assistance. We, on our end, we're trying to help any way we can. Number one, they, we know they need water. And we just get... Um, uh, a system, water fil- filtering system, where people can treat the water. And I have two guys right now in Port-au-Prince, the capital. They are going to have a training, uh, training program, so they to learn how to operate the system. So hopefully by Saturday we will have at least a system that can deliver about 500 gallons of water. Um, we also had contacted many international organizations or system organizations um, like MediShare who should deliver by this time some assistance uh, as far as medical supplies because uh, we needed everything. They did not have the doctors who were without gloves, um, chlorine, they need the chlorine solutions, they need uh, wound care, wound care, bandage, then, I mean, everything is very chaotic down there. Um, <clears throat> so the situation, people need food because the agriculture system is, is gone. So what we're trying to do, we met uh, with local organization here, like the Council of Miami. Uh, we met with them. Uh, we discuss, we're trying to come up with a plan after, let's say, a plan that will 
we'll try to put in action after three months because we expect the international community not to stay there for a long time. Probably after two months, they will be gone and people will start looking for food. So we have to step in there. My people on the ground, uh, the members of our organization on the ground, uh, we talk to them. They are also doing a brainstorming, how the best way to help them. Uh, I, we know the sanitation is a big issue. We need to clean up the streets of debris. The state is weak. So we have to come up with solutions that we will help those poor residents uh, survive. I would say survive. Bottom line. Could you, uh, could you tell us again where to find you guys so that everybody yes. can? Yeah, please. Yes. Um, of course, the website is www.portapima.com. Uh, if anybody wants to get in touch with me, my number is 516-270-6144. And people can go on. We set up a, a GoFundMe um, fund drive. We're trying to do a fund drive so we can come to the assistance of our brothers and sisters down home. So people can go to our website or go directly to GoFundMe, uh, put the word Hurricane Macho, look for Porta Pima. There you go. Um, my name again is Franz Jean, Franz Jean. So you see people should be able to go there and, and donate. Thank they you. Can also, they can also use the PayPal. PayPal yes. are directly on our website, which is very easy. Once you open the website, the PayPal is there on your right. Just click on it and put the information. People can donate. So we really appreciate this opportunity. So we're asking people for help. Uh, please, if you can, do whatever you can because those poor people back home, my brothers and sisters, they are really in dear need. Thank you so much, friends, for your time and, and for sharing this with us. Okay, thank you so much. You thank have a good one. Thank you. Okay, same to you. Thank you. Merci. Okay, bye bye. All right, guys. That um, the gentleman that was just speaking, I consider my uncle. That's a really long time friend of the family. My entire family. Oh, this is Alf nine five four. By the way, um, my entire family is heavily involved with KPP. We call it KPP. Um, I can't even pronounce the full name um but you know i am of haitian descent my both my parents are from haiti um this is a really big deal um and i know a lot of people looked at what happened in haiti and there people are gun shy right now because of what's happened with the red cross in the past and other organizations where people have felt like their money has maybe uh been wasted yeah i know red cross got how many millions of dollars and built six houses so a lot of people ask me being of haitian descent you know what what can you what can i do where can i donate where i know my money will go to a good place i am telling you i can vouch for this organization this is my family's organization this is a town where my grandmother grew up in that's why you know we we focus on this town we They've done such great things in this town. Every year they collect money to send kids to school. They've built schools, built hospitals, built houses, and all that stuff is gone. As Franz was telling you, the only thing left is the hospital they helped build. So all, all, a lot of their hard work has been washed away by a hurricane. And you see they're not giving up. They're going to go back down there. They're going to rebuild again, but they need our help. Uh, anything you can do, $5, $10, $15, um, it, it, everything helps so much. I just want to thank 
so many people. I'm probably going to miss a bunch of people who retweeted uh, the the GoFundMe link that I sent out last week. Um, I mean, everybody from just all my followers, all the fans of Heat Beat, to Israel Gutierrez, George Sedano, Joy Taylor, um, all, a lot of the guys from 790 The Ticket. Um, we had some guys from the Miami Herald, Palm Beach Post. I mean, it was just outstanding. It re- literally made me emotional when I started to see that, you know, some, something that, that I hold near and dear to my heart got over 100 retweets and, and many of them from prominent people in sports media when I'm just a schlub who does podcasts with my friends and I have a good time. I'm not your and, friend. Well, not my friends. But, <laughs> but it, it was just, honestly, it made me emotional to see the outpouring of support. Um, after I tweeted that link out and some of the guys from ESPN, Fox Sports 1, um, 790 The Ticket got a hold of it, literally the amount of donations doubled in 60 minutes. Like that's big and that's huge. And that's something that really, really means a lot to me. So I just want to thank everybody out there. We're going to send out the link again through heat beat again, through my site, uh, my, my own uh, Twitter page, uh, you know, just whatever you can do to support. It's really big and it really helps a lot. Please. Like everybody, like I said, the, the Haitian community down in Miami is very prevalent and, and it, it really helps. Uh, so again, thank you to to Franz so much and and to Alf to, for for bringing attention to that. But now let's let's kind of get into our show. I don't really know how to transition from that, but the Heat have played and they're fast, man. Um, they're playing real quick and they're playing fun. It's it's lit. They're the anti Dolphins. I guess I want to start with this: have the last two preseason games of the Miami Heat, the last two that have been on television rather, been more fun than any Dolphin game this season? Yes. Leif. Oh, of course. Slim, why are you shaking your head? No, I'm saying it's without a doubt. Oh, man. yeah. I was like, it, but that, isn't that crazy? Preseason basketball is garbage. It's very sad. Basketball is fun, man. And if you're a Dolphins fan, football hasn't been fun for a long time. Football's been really bad. The, here. Only, time, the only time football is fun is when the Dolphins are in a bye week and you just get to watch the Red Zone. <laughs> oh, my God. The day before week one, like, then we all we, we feel good, and then it's all downhill from there. But I find it crazy how this preseason right. start has been uncharacteristically fun. Like, I guess it has a lot to do with the hope trafficking we're doing and the fact that they're playing, like, blazingly fast. The expectations, I think, uh, play a big part in that. You know what I mean? Like, we, we expected a dumpster fire, and uh, it still may be. I mean, we just like, give, give it time. Uh, we need to, like, chill, yeah. But, um, but yeah, that, I mean, Hassan is just coming out there and just, like, putting his nuts on people's faces, like, every 10 seconds. It's amazing. Um, they look great. Um, but, yeah, I, I think I think the expectations play into it a little bit. And, they're playing at a pace of 103 uh, possessions per game uh, for, for 48 minutes, which is really good and way better than they've been recently. And take into account that that number takes into account those really slow lineups that come in after Gorin leaves the game with uh, my buddy Tyler Johnson at point guard. Oh, God. Here we go. I haven't said anything. I'm just saying that when he goes in at point guard, the offense slows a bit, and Dion Waiters as well. And I think we're going to go through the Dion Waiters revenge tour, although he didn't have a great outing last night. No, Dion's been okay. I mean, I th- that game won though. 
the the whole yeah exactly the first game he was great but listen I'm not I'm not really Deion Waiters isn't what I'm really excited about um, Luke Babbitt yeah Babbitt whatever um, what what I'm excited about mostly is just you know and I wrote this after the first preseason game and I think you see it in every game this is uh, Eric Spolster's team man like they are playing the style that he's wanted to play forever um, like it just you can see everybody. That's coming out there. Whoever comes out on the floor, whether they play well or they don't, there is there is a style of play that they want to get to, and they're getting to it. Uh, how effectively kind of depends on the level of talent on the floor, but that style of play is exciting. Like and I th- we all see it. I mean, it's it's attacking. Like they, I think it was a, a point at the end of the uh, the first quarter. All their points either came in the in the paint or beyond the three point line. Like, that is smart, efficient, exciting basketball. Like, if all your points are layups, dunks, or threes, sign me up. You know, they're like, who is, who's playing the mid-range game? on? The, I mean, I think probably Hassan is taking the most mid-range jumpers of anybody. He took a really bad one last night. Which yeah, is, but yeah. listen, when, the way he's playing, he is allowed that stupid fadeaway jumper. I, I, I'm, I'm dead ass because you guys know that I've not always been Hassan's biggest fan. But the way he's playing, yeah, he deserves a little turnaround fadeaway jumper off the glass every once in a while. I think what – No, go I'm sorry. Uh, within the context of this team, like I'm kind of excited. I'm with you, Alf. Like where you know before it was, you don't want Hassan making bad decisions. Um, but this is you know we're going to need him to kind of go off sometimes this year, and like he's going to have it going. Like uh, you know he can get it going like that, and he's going to feel himself. And you know what? This season, like that's kind of what it's going to be about. Like we get to see Hassan really take the reins and uh, and like be the best and most dominant that he can be. Like unfettered uh, Hassan. Like who does he have to defer to? I mean, but like, I would I wouldn't say defer. I mean, he's still he's not creating offense. Like they're creating it for him. Yeah, and that's fine. No, I know, but it's like let's not make him to be this guy that he's not. Like he is what Goran draw. I can't say Goran's last name. He is what Goran allows him to be. Itch. itch. Well, yeah, but I think itch. all big men to some degree have that. I mean, Alonzo Mourning. Exactly. No, but specifically him. Guy, is- but it wasn't facilitating offense. Um, but, yeah, you're absolutely right. I think they're finding Hassan in spots that uh, he, he has more space to work with. I think it's very evident that this roster, while being um, kind of the land of the misfit toys in certain degrees, <laughs> it's, um, you know, like they're – you can see that there's certain lineup combinations and pieces that fit shooters that they put specifically by Goran or by Hassan or together with those two where it starts to work. And I think another underrated part of the, I mean, it's only three preseason games, so we don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, but the defense and rebounding, I think is going to be two of the really big identity points to this team, because I think that they, you know, on a night where Goran is not scoring or Hassan is in foul trouble, it's tough to look at this roster and say that, where are you going to get offense from? So they're going to have to hang their hat on defense and and getting easy buckets out, out, out in transition. And you've seen a little bit of that. So I think that, that's um, you know, it's encouraging to see that they're not stumbling, scoring seventy nine a game against the Nets, you know, in the preseason. So then, were you going to say something? Like, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. I, uh, that's why. That's what I'm most excited about this year. I think is is that they're 
going to have this group that is just going to defend their asses off. Um, kind of like pre-Dwayne Wade Miami Heat teams where they just got after it, man, like harder than anyone else. And uh, and that's fun to watch, man. Even if you're not winning all the time, like guys that are really giving it, they're all, you know, diving on the floor and stuff like that. To me, you know, that's like, that's what I grew up with as a Miami Heat fan. And um, and I'm looking forward to, to experiencing that again, you know? I think I think the difference is going to be, you're, you will see those guys defending your, their asses off, but you also have a lot of guys who will defend, but they will defend to get out and run. So you are still you're still going to see great. You're going to see hard, uh, hard nosed defense, but with the with with the intention of getting out a run and scoring points. So it's going to be exciting. I don't. And I, I said this on Twitter, I think it was yesterday, that they are going to beat the brakes off of bad teams. Like, I don't think we're going to see that many letdowns where we, you know, we have random scrub heat killers and we're losing games at home to pe- home to people like the Nets. I don't think you're going to see a lot of that. I think they're going to beat the brakes off of bad teams. But, you know, I just think they're going to struggle, you know, because they do have lulls. Like we've seen it in every game so That's far. That's that second unit, though, man. That second. Unit. They have, they have lulls where they look inept, and if they have that against a decent to good team, they don't have enough. I don't think to get back into the game. So it's going to be a middle of the road team, which we all expected. But it's going to be a fun middle of the road team, which, listen. If if that's what if that if that's what the trade off is, I'll take it. You know, because we know what this year is about. They're gonna be they're gonna be kind of feast or famine with Dion in the second unit. Like if he's not producing, that second unit's going to have a lot of trouble scoring. And I know we have all the Tyler Johnson jokes, but he's not the guy that's gonna get you out of a funk offensively. Like he's a, he, like to steal Alstrom, he's a piece, not a centerpiece, right? He's not gonna run your offense, but he'll facilitate it. But other than Dion, I don't see anybody. We we team. don't have the Tyler Johnson jokes you have the Tyler they're not jokes dude slim do you know my tyler johnson thing i'm finding out a little bit and i'm kind of with you on him being able to like create offense he's not gonna like pound the ball and take somebody off the dribble and and draw multiple defenders the way he's a cutter he's a a shooter and my thing with him is that i i really feel like the money that they gave him for the third and fourth year is kind of exponentially too much for a guy that just does those things and because he's so small and because he's limited i don't see him getting better at because he's white that too i mean come on he's mixed dirty sprite sprite. Uh, (laughs) but um i i i think tyler's undervalued defensively um he's like man do you remember when he came back in in the um the toronto raptors series I I i think he's a good defender he was blocking like one shot every minute. It was like <laughs> yeah. well, he's, he's insane on that end, man. White, his Hassan. motor picking up half, uh, you know, picking up full court. His motor turning guards. Yeah, his motor. Absolutely. What are uh, we? <laughs> what that's are you what defense about? is, man. I'm kidding. I'm just making fun of cliches. That's, oh yeah, exactly. You don't want to go was there. A cliche, but it it, it can't. Oh man, because he's white. That, that's why. I was like, oh, he's we, a he's a he's deceptively we, fast. Okay, wait a second. Would we <laughs> say that Isaiah Thomas has a motor? No, no, he's just he's just athletic. Yeah, exactly. Gianni, do you you want to be Dan so much sometimes? <laughs> no, I know, dude. I get made fun of at home for that. I don't. We wanna, all do. I don't want to be Dan. I do kind of do. We all do. 
No, but that, I mean, I do think it's funny to make fun of cliches. <laughs> no, Leif, Leif is right, man. Like, and Leif and Slim are right. He is maybe the second best. I think he's the second best perimeter defender we have. And I know people are going to say Jay Rich, and I've said it before. I don't consider Jay Rich a great defender. I consider him a very active defender. I don't think he has the instincts of Winslow or TJ. I think TJ is our second best perimeter defender, and I think that has value. Gianni doesn't because he's I racist. Think, I think as an on-ball defender, I think probably <laughs> Dion is better than Tyler because he's bigger. But Who? Dion. On-ball, no. on-ball, on-ball. Nope. Every, everything else. Nope. Have you seen Dion's on-ball defending? It's good. I mean, maybe I just haven't paid attention no, enough. He's, he's a is good he? on- yeah, but he, I mean, he's a- He's a it's been three games, though. No, no, but I, I mean, on other teams, when he was in Cleveland, I mean, listen, I've I've had Dion on several fantasy teams, so I've paid close attention to his ass. Nerd alert. Um, his, he, cons- he is not consistent on defense. He is, you know what is funny? Like, no, when he, he's, when, he has his skills when, on defense. Like, he, when, okay, a lot, like, a lot of guys have skills on defense, and they don't choose to use them all the time. Like Tyler is honed in on defense on every possession. Like I used to watch Deion Waiters play, and he could not defend anybody until Cleveland played Miami, and all of a sudden he was Tony Allen when it came to Dwayne Wade Locked because down, yeah. he felt some kind of way about Dwayne. Like it was very obvious. He looks so, up to Dwayne apparently, like Dwayne. Yeah, and he you could tell like he he turned it up a notch. But what I'm trying to say is. Tyler Johnson doesn't need a matchup for him to turn it on. Justice Winslow doesn't need a matchup to turn it on. That's what I'm saying. When it comes to consistent, solid, instinctual defense, to me on the perimeter, it goes Justice and then Tyler. And I know I'm going to get burned for that. I know, people no, we, love Jay Rich's manic, crazy defense where he waves his hands all nuts. But and, and it, it, it's good. Like it's it's better than him being lazy and letting people blow by him. But man, he gambles so much at the three point line, and people just go right past him all the time. Can I tell you my thing on gambling? And I think there's a there's a space for it, right? So you have Justice, who's a great defender, and he puts a lot of pressure, and he. Jay Rich traps so well. And by the way, Hassan's really good at that too. Like, we give him a lot of stuff for pick and roll defense, but he knows exactly when to hard trap. And mm-hmm. On Rich, the sides. Yeah, so well. And Jay Rich as well. So, Jay Rich gambling really puts pressure on the passer. And he's athletic enough to recover that it's not a completely blown defensive. Obviously, if you miss on a gamble, the guy's going to have a step. But other guys like Justice and Hassan kind of make up. It's kind of like the Chalmers thing, except he's better than Chalmers in that case. Like you want a guy in the passing lane to make them think twice about passing because teams are terrified of turnovers. Do you you think he's a better defender than Chalmers? Jay Rich? Yeah. 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 Uh, Chalmers had Chalmers had issues in pick and roll, and yeah, I think they're very similar. I, I like Chalmers a lot, and I thought Chalmers was really underrated defensively, but also on ball, Chalmers would get smoked. Well, and I also think Josh Richardson has a lot of room to develop. You know, he's long, he has length, uh, and, uh, and and sometimes it just takes a, a few years to grow into that length so that you're able to use it, get in the passing lanes, that kind of stuff, even more than he already does. So he's not a finished product. I mean, we this whole team is not a finished product, and I think that also kind of you know goes back to the expectations and why this is fun is that I think it's like this little baby Heat team that we're seeing just you know start to uh start a, a new journey and it's uh you know so there's i think that that has kind of helped with the positivity from some of us uh besides the fact that i'm a blind heat homer and that's just how i tweet you know that i i really think that 
Well, and I know it's just, and again, <laughs> you bring that up. Every at least, podcast. at least, Leif is self-aware, man. Oh my! Every podcast, Leif brings it up. Leif, does that get? Do you get criticized for that a lot online? Uh, yeah, I mean, for the longest time, I was told I talk about the heat too much, um, but now Twitter doesn't tell me that. I mean, that that's where I found my outlet where I can <laughs> just be obsessive about this thing, and and nobody thinks it's weird. Nice hat, by the way. Thank you. I like it. I can't rock Where nobody thinks you're weird. <laughs> Get it. Are you going to keep going? Nah, that's all I got. Do you have anything more? <laughs> we can put backup music behind this later. It's, it's fine. Oh, oh. Matt, what do you think I am, Brian? Oh, yeah. We we can't even have a mailbag now without no, Brian. I know, yeah, we, we, we need Leif dancing to this. Can anyone music. do a British accent? Well, can we get Witty on? No, Witty's big time. Oh, yeah. Witty, Bane Sports <laughs> is doing soccer now. And yeah, he's big time in us. Yeah. Listen, for Slim's sake, like, we are a launching pad to greatness. So. I know. Joy Taylor came on us and got a job at Fox Sports. She, what What did she do with us? She got a, <laughs> She came on with us. <laughs> what are you doing to me, man? Wait, what did she do? I don't... She came on our show. What did you Al, say, you Trump? love Joy, huh? Oh, I love y'all. Listen, let's not... <laughs> I'm blushing. I'm getting all. I'm getting verklempt. I can't tell. I don't blame you, man. Real dark on your screen. Huh? Oh, I that's don't racist. Blame you. Yeah, okay. yeah, Joy's. Jason well, Leiser? I'm trying to see who's within earshot. <laughs> launched to stardom? Wow. <laughs> yeah, he's launched Dolphins now. Yeah, yeah, we launched Jason Leisure all the way to the Dolphins. Ethan with- got a job at CBS after us? I'm telling you, it. this is see, a logic pad. Your presidency is not going so bad, Alf. That's yeah, right. You I, should bring that up next time Ethan tries to talk bad about it. Look at all dude, the people. I'm a job creator. Sedano got like a <laughs> Sedano got like so? a Spanish show. Sedano's in LA now, right? Izzy has like four radio shows since Sedan- he came on with us. Sedano escaped the hell that is Bristol. How did he do it? Uh, he's in LA now because he came on with us. Listen, next Slim is going to be program director by the time this is over. Get us a Saturday show, Slim. Hey, I'll try. I'm trying to get my own. Slim so wants a Saturday talking show. Talking to Alf, we gotta, we gotta, Slim, we gotta get together and do something. How about this? How about you be our producer for the Saturday show? No, Slim wants to be on air. What are you talking about? Slim can talk. Yeah. He, 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 what? You, our producer can't talk. He'll be an well, integral yeah. part of the show. You produce and you commentary. It's, Slim it's wants a, to relax. It's a weird thing with the business, man. The producers sometimes don't make money, you know. Oh. So it depends. If you're if you're really good at it, you do you do well. Slim, take down the radio business. Come on, go. Let's go. <laughs> we might, you know, together we can achieve anything, man. <laughs> Let's go. That, that that was a much better answer than committing career suicide, taking down the radio business. Do not that's, the, that's the best because I try to goad everybody into just torching their entire careers. Like, <laughs> no, the Alf, best you was, torch the careers while they're on, and then they oh, make yeah. faces. No, the best was witty, witty pantomiming, dude. like shut up, don't involve me in this. <laughs> I ripped everybody on the station. That was the best. I don't. Well, just I'm the, silence I'm, on his end. I'm consistently accused of being a line stepper, um, and Bitch, I think it's because I don't see the lines very well so just gonna ask you not to try to bait me uh, as, as hard as you do the others because i will take the bait we're line steppers but brian gets us back in the line but he's not here i, I did want to give uh one one point about um josh richardson being like a a frantic defender and well, maybe not we necessarily talking. such a um i think i think you might have a point there 
Um, but also, I think that the the frantic defender um, has a lot of value within the within a team defense concept. You know what I'm saying? What What are you laughing at, Leave? <laughs> he, he hasn't gotten over your comment before. Is that it? Your contribution. <laughs> Break down J. Rich defense. Leave will laugh it out. Well, I don't want to break it down. I'm just saying, like, I, I think... No, you're saying uh, what I'm saying. It's like, it helps in the team sense. No, but see, I'm not saying that he's a bad defender. No, 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 I know. I just don't think... I think people overrate his Alf defense. Hates, Alf hates J. Rich. Put it on Twitter. Let's. No, no, no. Yeah, I love J. Rich. Let's don't see your me mentions wrong. blow up. Every time Tyler Johnson dribbles a basketball, it doesn't turn it over. No, well, part, I, I'm, part, I'm doing it part, partly to frame TJ's value. To you, because you right. you act like just because TJ can't can cross half court as a point guard, you completely undermine all of his abilities. Like he is a really good instinctual defender. Josh Richardson is a very active defender, and like I'll take that because you know you have guys that are bad defenders and are, aren't active at all. Like I mean Wayne Ellington, I don't know what he's doing half the time. Luke Babbitt, I mean honestly, Mar- Markeith Morris made him as you know what was it Markeith or Marcus? Does it really matter? Who cares? Yeah, it does. Not. Um, one of which those is, guys. Which is a good one. Huh? Is Marcus a good one? Whoever's playing Luke Babbitt is a good one. <laughs> Whoever Luke Babbitt is defending is a good Morris twin. Like Didn't you say and the I, same for uh, Derek Williams. Like he's, oh, he looks pretty yeah, lost on it, defense too. He is yeah. lost. Oh, he's, he's got a so little bad. bit of that Beasley stuff going on where he's like turning around in circles, looking where he's supposed to be going. Um, you know, a guy who, who can defend at a, uh, at a pretty high level, but I don't think he'll get the opportunity is Briante Weber. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. it's, it's a shame that we have uh, four or five guys kind of entrenched in the lineup ahead of him but um he you know the more i look at it he may not even make the roster gee he... i wonder why oh come on Ty, stop thinking of tyler johnson as a uh point guard a backup point guard man the guy's a shooting guard like that point guard thing is not gonna happen they're t- trying it tyler and stuff is a dream wrecker He's a combo guard for sure off the bench. Yeah, man. Your TJ takes are just out of They're control. so good. Yeah, I don't like that, man. I've gotten so popular. <laughs> I'm out of here. I've gotten like 50 followers. What the, he just quit the show. Threw down his earbuds, which is the weakest walk-off ever to throw down earbuds. Because there's no mic. There's He just threw his earbuds at his computer screen. Letter. So, okay, so we think Briante Weber is the odd man out. I think Briante Weber is yeah, I think we've gone over that, right? I mean, we went over that last show and every show that he's they Bano is pretty much them them keeping Udrick is them saying we're not keeping Briante. Well, I think yeah. Spo, Spo trusts Alf's boy, you know, a lot more. Um, On the bandwagon. It, it stinks that uh, Chris Bosch can't be the one who's waived now so that we could save an, a potential young asset. But I just don't think that, uh, you know, that that's going to be in the cards till later on in the season or in the offseason even. Are we going to broach that subject or are we leaving that alone today? What? The waving Chris Bosch? The whole Bosch thing and the outcry from the rest of ignorant NBA Twitter that this is all a plan by Pat Riley to get cap space and it's a terrible thing that he won't waive him before March so he can join a playoff team, blah, 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 blah. It's October and people need something to talk about and they haven't been able to hate Miami in a while. So they've taken up this group. No, they believe like they honestly because. No, I know they believe it. 
And he, you know what's funny? And this is, I'm taking it, I'm, I'm actually like, you know, broadening it a little bit. When we hear stories from other teams and we, may, we, we drop our hot takes and we honestly, we don't follow the team. We're not all involved in the day-to-day activities. Like we don't, we don't follow all the beat writers like we do for the Heat. Do we sound as ignorant as the rest of NBA Twitter does when it comes to the Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh situations? Or... Or is this, or is it like a special case of hating on the Heat franchise and the Heat fan base? Or is this just a symptom of we know so much about what's going on, and other NBA fans, not even, to, not even like it's their own fault, they just don't know as much as we do. Let me say that I think it's it's a combination of a couple of things. I think we are so close to the situation and we're living it day to day and we're getting every single bit of update, right? So I think people on a national level aren't getting every single little update, right? So like we're knowing step A, step B, step C. They're just seeing step A and step B, right? We're, they're not getting anything in between, you know, 8.1, 8.2. Like we're getting every bit of news as it comes out and the national attention only comes out to the big things. Bosch failed medical thing. Bosch not going to play anymore and we're not anywhere like they don't understand the relationships because we get all that news and since Ira Winderman posts secondary audio but see do you think do you think people know the no complex mag I think it was complex some magazine did a whole article on Ira's fake tweet that he doesn't even understand what's a big dude you're a journalist and you put it in quotes but that's what I'm talking about so then Ira says that thing and then Ira corrects it later do you think the rest of the nation knows that Ira corrected that Ira corrected it like 12 hours later by the way I know but they they don't they don't know that so like we know that that's BS but the nation doesn't and those are the things like they're not getting every single update on the story they're just getting one two you know what I mean like they're getting the big things I think that's kind of how the internet goes, man, to be honest. But that's the danger. Like with everything is like we, you know, when we, we see, uh, let's be honest, man, like people aren't clicking every link. You see a headline and you react to it before you even read something like that's, there's a lot of Stugatzes out there. You know what I mean? I never read articles. I just read tweets. Right. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes I don't like, like to click. I don't like to, I read like an inflammatory headline and I just, I trash the article without reading it because I don't want to give them a click. Right. If I really, if I think it's like really dumb, I won't even do the quote tweet thing because then you're just like, you're just giving the the link more eyeballs. And that's, and that's what a lot of this stuff is. Like, even if the person that wrote the article and and put the headline, the inflammatory headline, like the Miami Heat are not going to release Bosch until so-and-so date, like they might even know the context, but it's their job to get clicks, man. You know what I mean? Like, and oftentimes they don't make the headlines. Although in Ira's case, that was a tweet, so he knew damn well what he was doing. But in in a lot of, I mean, I've written for newspapers, and we don't choose our headlines. Uh, Can I? Yeah, I've written for Heat Beat, and I don't choose my headlines. <laughs> True. That was a shot at you, Brian Goins. Corny ass headline. Where's he at? <laughs> he uh, he writes for the newspaper at UCF, and I think he had to cover an event today that they asked him last minute. And that's a lie. What happens is. Brian doesn't want to be disassociated with my brand because it's foul mouth and obscene. I think it's and specifically me and you. If we're yeah. on the same podcast, <laughs> he tends to like not show up for some reason. Brian's big time now. Brian writes for the Heat, so he's not allowed to say anything anymore. They've muzzled him. Oh man! Yeah, they, they, put, the, they put the kibosh on Brian having opinions. 
That's a shame. So Brian just comes and produces. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm all about the uh, the foul mouthed heat Twitter president and and hot takery. Listen, that's I built my brand on foul mouth and talking crap. And let me tell you something, Alf. Your hot takes have not been as sharp lately. Harrison has completely destroyed you. Well, my hot takes were never that hot. They're not. If you glo- no, it's always just filled with cursing. <laughs> Uh, and that's what, and then, oh, wow, oh, wow, that's too controversial. I didn't say anything. I just put the F word in the middle of it. And I'm like, oh, look, he's, he's, he's so controversial. Samuel L. Jackson's real angry. Yeah. And then you see the, the Abby. The Abby is really what makes it. I, I'm, I'm revealing all my secrets. Without that Abby, I'd be nothing. No, you wouldn't. It, you'd just yeah. be a guy. Yeah. I just, you'd be I'd Shannon just, Crowder. Yeah. I'd be Ch- <laughs> <laughs> Correct. I would, I've fire, seen man. I've seen Channing Crowder tweets coming across my timeline. Like I didn't tweet that, right? And oh wait, that's Channing. Who he changes Abby though because oh. he knows. And, and Alf, you have a, like a, it has sidebars now. Okay, you, you're making a big deal about the letter boxes on yeah, on the looks, Abby. It looks stupid because yeah, I changed my Abby and I couldn't man? I couldn't find the I couldn't find the original picture. So you, I and I don't you know. Need how to help sh- you. Yeah, I don't know how to search for these things. You guys know. I'll Are you serious? I'll help you. Listen, everyone knows I'm old, and technology isn't really uh, isn't really what I'm all about. How old are you? None of your business. <laughs> <laughs> I tweet. Did anyone see that picture I tweeted <laughs> out? I thought you were gonna say none of your bleeping business. <laughs> for me, for, for me in college with a brick Nokia. So, you know, I learned, I, in- I learned how a beeper worked today. I didn't know that. Oh, I lived through beepers. I'm 23, but I didn't ever use no, you did. you no, you them. I was born in 92, man. You were baby when beepers were popular. in high school. I had a neon green case to clear one. Leaf knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> Leaf just nodded and left it. The little you bar is the, is the brick... The, the little one? The brick Nokia? Yeah, that it, everyone it was had? Like, it was like four inches long, two yeah, inches one, wide. The, the one that you could yeah, throw yeah. out the wall. Yeah, you could, oh man, you could, you could beat off a, off of a, a beat off you a burglar. Get, 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 oh, <laughs> you're saying beating off, like, <laughs> dude, no. Unbelievable. You could hit a, you could, oh my God. Just put that thing was, on vibrate? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't know what I was trying to say, dude. You're just making my life miserable after the show, and I have to edit. All yeah, you have to edit that one out. Yeah, I, I don't edit, think I edit a lot of things. I don't. I don't think we too. can say. Well, I, we do, I, don't, I never we know keep. what what you can and can't say, man. Like it's it's a weird thing with the radio. Um, today I did a podcast with uh, Tobin. Well, you're you're cheating on us. Yeah, I I will continue to cheat on you. Like I said, anonymous. like. We're, we're not we're in this together and then there's like the separate thing and like i want all of it to work okay i mean t- today like geez like it's like when you you cheat on your partner and then you like you get with them the same night like come on dude wait a day yeah, actually i actually tweeted out a link to the podcast like right before i started doing this show so you can check that out at skinny mcgee yeah, edit that out later. <laughs> no, but I said uh, on that thing. I said I said like uh, uh, something about you don't want to blow your load, and like that's like a thing that people say, and it doesn't. I guess people don't really think about how uh, like what the connotation is. Yeah, exactly. Like so, so mid show for you, you're not like highly um, nervous or anything about making sure you catch when anybody is. Saying anything unfavorable, cursing, things like that. If Cause Tobin, it, 
If it appears that Mike Ryan and, last and line of defense. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. If if Brendan Tobin is there, he's he's got it. Gotcha. Like I, I'm cursing up a storm in that in that producer's booth. And if Tobin puts his mic off on like at the wrong time, he's gonna have to dump. So how come no, nobody dumps when Zazzle says take that ass? Because that's kind of like what Trump said, and he's in a lot of trouble for that right now. Yeah, I don't know, man. That, that is a weird thing. I think, yeah, like when it comes to sports, it's a... It's a You're allowed to take that ass. Like Marv Albert says that Kobe puts it in the hole, and like we don't think anything <laughs> is weird about it. Kobe slices through the lane. Yes! And puts it in the hole. Yeah, I mean, come on. Gee, this isn't bad. You don't have to edit this later. No, this is good. This yeah, is entertaining. Put it in the hole. That's Marv Albert says it all the time. <laughs> puts it in. Yeah. It's in the hole. Yeah. Does With he say no, it in the hole? I don't I know Mike Green says puts it in. Yep. They say bang all the time. That has a <laughs> sexual connotation. There's all kinds of stuff, man. It's weird. Do you know what my special call is when I did when I do basketball games for FIU? No. Oh, when so when no. some when somebody hits a game changing three, I go all the way down. Oh, it's God. so lame, dude. It's so. Yes. Lame. I, I wanted a catchphrase so bad, and my my uh, my color analyst looked at me and he's like, "Dude, are you freaking serious?" Yeah. What does like, that mean? Like yeah, it went shot, in. Shot went all the way down. Yeah. It went. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Like it's yeah, good. It's not- it's not like kaboom. It, no, it's bad. It's bad. No, you got it. us. You did it. What was the Big Z one? Because I've never, I've been like, cannot. What did Eric say when Big Z would make a shot? Because he used to say something. It was the Drunus something. Does anybody remember? No. You did drilled he, it. No, but yeah. like, do, but do you remember that he used to say something when when Big no, Z? No, the Drunus made like four shots his entire time. <laughs> I can't believe that guy was him. <laughs> I go to heat. <laughs> That's all I remember from him being here. I don't even remember who made that joke. I just what's. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that was it. What's his most memorable moment? I go to eat. <laughs> it was somebody on your station made that joke, and I don't know who it was. Really? Yeah. Z had a memorable moment. Yeah, for me. When he what chucked the ball at Zaza Pachulia. Yeah. Oh my God! Yeah. Yes. Oh, I that was like, about that. Was that. awesome. Dude, that was, was like the old best world. thing of that season. That was like old world beef, like like <laughs> Eastern Bloc, like former <laughs> Soviet Union, Civil War. Cold War remnants. Yeah, just, you know. Who would have thought Big Z coming to, uh, look at that, I just called him Big Z. Zadrunas <laughs> <laughs> Ogalskis coming to the Heat would end up in uh, being one of the catalysts to LeBron getting back in that building for his retirement ceremony. Oh, and, don't remind and, me. And the wheels began to turn, but let's uh, not go there anymore. I don't want to go there, but all that stuff, and, and we were just... And how, how, I don't want to go there as I go there. No, but it just I just... I had a flashback to all the all the excuses I made. Oh, it's not a big deal. Oh, I feel like such a fool. I'm a I'm a go hide in a hole. Am I the only one that's like not mad at LeBron? I'm not mad at him anymore. No, but you don't like him. Um, I'm more. I don't like the people that he's around. Rich Paul and Maverick Carter and those people. Oh yeah, they get me mad. Yeah, because of the character assassinating that they're doing. But, you know, 
I'm surprised that you're saying that because I, I thought out of anybody you, because LeBron has not been very friendly about the organization, that you would have not been particularly fond of him right now. Well, yeah, you can't hold on to resentments forever, so you yeah, you can let some of that go. It's unhealthy. And I know Jack was making fun of me the other day, and it's like sometimes it sounds like I, I stand for LeBron, and as more details come out, the more it seems as if maybe there was some nefarious uh, behavior from, from, from him as well, you know, um, but... Well, that was obvious from the start. I don't know. It just it, it everything everything seems weird and, and Bosch going. It seems like LeBron's kind of taking advantage of a situation with Bosch's health to kind of enable what he wants to do. And that's the first time I've kind of felt gross about what's going on. And I was like, oh, really? Like Slim wants to get in here on this because Slim is a man. Yo, Slim, let's go. Slim is a LeBron lover. Oh, you are. You too. Yeah, man, me too. I love LeBron. Uh, my name is Kevin, and I love LeBron James. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, man. I, I mean, I was. I, everyone hated me last season because I was actually like actively rooting for him to win a win a championship. Man, that's wow. like that's. I wasn't, I wasn't that far. That's my guy, man. Like he. If he didn't come to the heat, man, like my life is different. He he had he gave me like the most fun time I've ever had as a sports fan, and like obviously right we we put a lot of of time and energy and thought and emotions into our sports consumption, and uh, like it'll never be as good as that. And I don't care that he left, how he left. I'm thankful for that, and I also think he's just like yeah, man, like. Sometimes he, you know, makes a bad move or something like that uh, publicly. But for the most part, he's a decent guy. He says what's on his mind. Like, he's got balls for endorsing Hillary Clinton. You know what I'm saying? Like, like Jordan didn't do stuff like that, man. You know, LeBron is, is like exemplary athlete if you ask me man like did he, you think he, it was weird when they were asking him about the the black lives matter thing and he went all lives matter i kind of felt and unlike you I, I i immensely respect him for everything he does and for all the activism he does but and also as a player like I, but that just seemed like a cop out listen i'm not a, i'm not a huge you guys know i'm not a big lebron fan but that all lives matter thing the way that was phrased and the way it was kind of like they just took that one those three words out of everything he said I heard the whole thing no it was BS like and honestly I'm not a big fan of the whole banana boat and their BS speeches up at whatever it was the beat what was it the BET awards the VMAs the grant I don't care what it was SBS even even more even more groundbreaking and important anyway you want to be banned so bad me no didn't he didn't he appreciate that stupid speech they did that where they basically just read bumper stickers for 15 minutes like i actually think he said exactly what you just said oh he stole my take that son of a (laughs) (laughs) i think mike ryan feeds him my take sometimes that's a whole nother story he just your timeline and just yeah they just take they take the cursing out and feed in my takes. I don't know. I thought LeBron was in protected paycheck mode. I, I read the whole thing and I, I listened to the whole audio. It just... It's, but that's, the, that's the criticism for, for the Banana Boat crew, right? That they're kind of like... They, they want to uh, be loud and proud. Uh, 
<laughs> I'm, the, I'm like, I want to sing the James Brown song. I thought you were gonna say it loud. They're like LeVar Burton and wow, Kaepernick is Malcolm X. Who's the worst James Brown ever? What? What? Oh, my. Yeah, yours. My yeah. All right. Yeah. I'll, I'll yeah. give you that. Um, but yeah, like they're they're really not trying to. They're not saying a whole lot, man. Stop you know what the I mean? violence. Like, oh, what? Right. Groundbreaking. No, it, it's Super very cute. That's really cute and and idealistic of you. And like what made it weird for me was like Dwayne Wade on the Snapchat afterwards, like patting himself on the back for it, like, hey man, just coming from this powerful moment at the SBs. Like <laughs> like, come on, dude. Like you're really feeling yourself right now? Like if you're like I don't know, it just didn't it just didn't feel um it was just too pretty and too cute, and they were all dressed up so nice, and they were all standing the same way, and it felt like they were like putting on some kind of show. It was you like I mean? it was contrived. Didn't you feel yeah. that they were really nervous while doing it too? Like they felt that they were doing the. Do you remember? I remember them rocking back and forth. Particularly Dwayne, like could not sit still. It was it was an eighth grade African American History Month assembly. Like that's what it was. Like the violence has to stop. Like it's literally like it's it was a middle school assembly. Alf, can I ask uh, you something? Put on by the multicultural club. Why are we still saying African American? Because like you're not even African American. You're Listen. Haitian. American, like don't get f- me started. Because like we, I think we can do two podcasts on my on my hatred of the term African American. So. My best friend's Jamaican American, and I'm like, dog, you're not African American. No, but that's not. See, that's not really. It's not about. It's it's it's, it's American of African descent, but no, it's, I, I don't want to get into it. It's what, what what should we say? Black. Yeah, black American. Just, no, black. just black. Black. People. Why are black white people who are afraid are the ones that say African American? <laughs> like, I, I remember being at work and I was like, "Oh yeah, you know my, my black friend," and he's like, "Don't say that." And I was like, "Ron, the hell are you talking about? He's black. Black. It, it's a race. Yes. If I'm if I'm black, I'm black. If I, I'm not, we're not talking about nationality. We're not talking about ancestry. We're not talking right. about any of that. I'm so far removed from Africa. When you look at my 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 ancestry and my background, like I don't understand why I have to be affiliated with Africa when nobody else, like nobody, like, nobody looks at Leif and says, "I don't know where you're from." Oh, Leif is I, an Irish, Irish American. American. No, Leif oh, is what? white. Right. right, Kevin, you're white, or someone's Jewish, or whatever. It's we're the it, it, we're like the only ones who still are related to our ancestors that came over as slaves. And why do I still want to be affiliated with that? And I don't want to get off on this topic because then I'm going to go into my whole anthropology lesson about Europeans that can I went off us, on Twitter. Can you give us? A, a See, quick we could no. do that on like the Slim and Alf show on Saturday yeah. afternoon. The, no, the Heat Beat podcast. Life is like. Let me what tell is you going something. On? Alpha is mapped out Saturdays at seven ninety. It's a Rizzy and the Alpha in the morning. <laughs> what, what comes after? Oh, and then then it's the the Heat Beat podcast with Slim, and then That's it's right. then it's Slim and Leif and Slim and Alf. The then hell? Gianni and Alf. Oh, I get it. I'm going to school, man. <laughs> I'm trying to make it. I get that. Get the ten o'clock slot on Saturday. <laughs> I was telling like nobody's listening. Why not? Just let like I could sneak in there and do four hours and nobody would even know the difference. But instead we get Rich Herrera. Why do you do that every time we have a guest? I don't even know who Rich Herrera is. Could you stop doing that to that poor man? He is follows it? he follows heat beat. He's out here doing his job, dude. Like leave poor Rich Herrera alone. 
<laughs> the hell did Retorio do to you? He's ruined radio. No, you do every show. Like, you just trashed poor Richard Herrera. God. Don't, don't, don't send that into clips over to Beast. <laughs> oh, yeah, damn right I am. So anyway, what do you guys think about James Johnson? <laughs> you should have gone Luke Babbitt or a white player. Dude, uh, just like, I, I just wanted to get one more thing in about that. Um, like the... the Anthropology. All Lives Matter thing. Yeah, like Car- Carmelo, man. Like you, you kind of started this thing with that Instagram post, which was awesome. It was like, yo, enough of this. F your your sponsorships. You know, like be loud. Say what's on your mind. Stand up, man. We gotta use this platform. F it. You know, do what's right. And then the Kaepernick stuff started, and. For like three weeks, I'm like checking on this dude's Twitter. <laughs> like, you haven't said a word on it. Like, where are these guys? Like, step but, up, support your boy. Can we all just say Kaepernick won? Like, Kaepernick did not step back for a moment. He went full head on, knee deep, knee. He grew. No pun, he grew no every time they asked him Knee questions. deep into this, and he is a starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers again. They were chanting, we want cap a week ago. All right, so whatever, whatever you know, everyone said, oh, he's, you know, he's, he's torpedoing his own career. He's committing career suicide. Yeah, he's a starting quarterback for an NFL team again. So to me, and I've been saying free Kaepernick on this podcast for weeks. I think I've, I've been justified. You know, I if you look at it, Cap did what he had to do in Cap One. Who was chanting, "We want Cap"? Dolphin fans. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> did you they see? Should, did you see that? Uh, what they did for the anthem, the Heat did uh, last game. Yeah, the Nets did it too. I thought it was good. I didn't like. I, I didn't like that. I thought that was a cop, and I thought that was BS. And I think Justice Winslow didn't like it either because he was he he was looking around. He didn't have his head down. He was like not into it with the rest of them. I think Why you're thinking too much, yeah. Huh? <laughs> I think Why you're thinking a- too much into it. I don't know, dude. Why is that a cop out? It's not a cop out. All together, blah blah blah. Like it's no, kind of it's kind of no. the same thing that that Dwayne and LeBron did. At no, it's not. No, it's not. No, tell me, man. I, I'm I'm willing to be wrong. Because if I 100% support Kaepernick in everything he's doing, but when the pledge comes on, I stand. I teach my kids to stand. I'm 100% about standing, and I have my reasons. For that, so you can. It's not a cop out standing if it's what you believe in, right? I don't think they all believe in that. Is a thing. No, you can't. You can't put your beliefs on anybody else. No, I. That's I. I but but that's what I feel like was happening was that. People. No, but Justice even said beforehand he when he was talking about I think he was talking about Mike Ditka he said that he believed in standing for the pledge I mean not for the pledge for the uh, for the anthem he believed in standing for the anthem but he also didn't like anybody telling somebody else how to express their freedom and that's where I'm at with it like I 100% believe in standing for the pl- for the anthem every game I go to I stand for the anthem I'm 100% about it but don't I I will I cannot stand anybody telling somebody else how to express their freedom so I don't think it, standing for the anthem is not a cop no that's Putting not what your I, hand that, over your that's heart not what I meant but they did ma- they made a group decision that I don't know I, I'd be surprised if everybody in that in that locker room agreed with that I'm sure that they had to abide because some guys jobs are on the line and they don't want to rattle the feathers of a notably conservative uh, general manager 
<laughs> the one thing that I've noticed uh, is that, like, some teams, Heat included, the uh, the coaches are locking arms with the players as well. And uh, other teams, that's not the case. And, you know, the coaches are tend to be lighter skinned than the players sometimes a lot of the time yeah well you know i will say this about spo and i don't know if we've talked about this much on 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 the show but i think the relationship spo has with the players is probably 20 times better than that that they have with management maybe not mickey harrison but i suppose really gone out of his way to be really nice to everybody publicly but that's easier for Spo. No, it is easier for Spo. But I, I just, I don't know, dude. I've, I've always got the feeling that there's at least a respect with Spo. And, uh, and there probably was that with Riley before he started making management decisions. Do you it's think? Just, do you think they trust Spo? Yeah, but it's easy for them to trust Bo because he can he can he can take himself out of every management decision. Oh, I wanted I wanted Dwayne to be here, but that was management's decision. That's like true. he can, you know, yeah, even if right. he's behind the scenes orchestrating everything in public, he can be completely. He has plausible deniability on everything. Like he he is just he can just position himself as just a coach. I love all my guys. I want all my guys to stay. And then when one of them gets traded away, oh, it wasn't my decision. But I, you know, I support the Heat franchise. How likely well, was it that they all probably agreed with everything that's been going on, and Riley's just falling on the sword for everybody? That's a late question. Could you repeat repeat the question? That uh, how likely is it that perhaps Spo and everybody else in the organization kind of has been in line with what's with all the decision making thus far, including Dwayne's money, including everything, and Riley's just a guy falling on the sword for everybody. Uh, I th- I think that there's definitely something to that. I don't know that it's like um, he's like intentionally falling on the sword and saying this is how we're going to do this. But I mean, it, it it's a little crazy to think that a guy that was a video coordinator that got his break from Riley. I mean, Spo would run through a wall for Pat Riley, and so would Andy Ellisberg. And Mickey has told Pat from the day he arrived that every basketball decision was his to make. Um, so I really think that there's probably a little bit more uh, unity in the decision making than we give. Uh, you know, like R- Riley kind of, do- he, he gets the godfather, throw the rings on the table stuff when it goes good. And when things don't go the way fans like, he's washed up and. Out of touch. Correct. So, yeah, I guess uh, in the short answer is yes, there is that. That is what's going on. I don't know. I, I've just felt the dynamics interesting and I, I kind of feel bad for Riley because I don't think it's all on him, but it kind of falls all on him. Uh, he's getting closer to his exit point, and his exit point would have already happened had his plan gone accordingly in 2014. But uh, I think that there's also probably a part of him that has enough perspective to look at the guys that are going to be there long after he's, you know, sailing the seas with Chris. And, um, like, mm-hmm. Basically, like he's not going to put them in weird positions, so he p- may fall on the sword a little bit more and take that heat because eventually he'll be able to fade to the background. I've always gotten the impression from him that he's not happy and that he's not fulfilled, and I, I kind of think that 
what goes like I don't know. He's probably oh, Pat. Yeah. Do you do you get that well, as well? Hearing 20, 2014 is really what how that happened. I mean, he was planning if those three had stayed, he was going to take a big step back and kind of be more of a kind of consultant. I would say if I, it's kind of a weird thing to call it, but uh, and. Now he's kind of like in that spot where he feels the he doesn't feel he wants to leave the franchise in a weird kind of halfway back, not all the way there. Uh, no, you know, like so. So there is some of that there where I think he feels less fulfilled than he would have had that team stay together. Yeah, he wants to leave. He wants to leave a you know a legacy like what he almost had in in twenty fourteen. Um, and that's awesome, but you know, and hopefully he gets the chance to do so. Um, but if not, I feel like it's already it's already in place. Like Spolstra, you know, Pat Riley groomed him. Uh, Mickey's kid, what's his name, Nick? Like, kind of, kind of gonna have to put our trust in him eventually. Um, you know, if it doesn't like if it doesn't work out like the years that Riley has to retire, like in the next couple years, he's going to retire. And then we're like we're still going to be it's still going to be the heat or whatever. And that's still going to be Riley's reg- legacy. You know what I mean? So but I think it's awesome that he wants that. He's like, no, nah, man, F this like we're going to get it right. And then I'm out. See, the only problem with that is he will. And I, maybe I'm underselling him, but it's not even underselling. It's just almost impossible. He will never get the two. He'll never get back to 2014. Like he'll nah. ne- like well. And so it's almost like I feel like what he's built that young core, and maybe he just wants one more off season to kind of tweak it a little bit more. Um, that's why. When I look at Spo and I look at what the groundwork that's been laid, that's why I kind of don't understand uh, Goron as far as like the future of this franchise. And I love Goron, don't get me wrong. But I feel like I think Leif is right. I don't think he'll ever get he'll ever leave the legacy he wanted to. But I feel like he is on the verge of of leaving. Spolstra with a good young core that he can grow with for five to six years. And I know Gianni was looking at me because he wanted my Nick Arison hot I, take. I, dude, I love how you knew. <laughs> dude, because you just, I just started smiling and you, you started getting up. <laughs> Listen. Oh my God, that's so funny. The Bus family, the Steinbrenners, they'll all tell you what happens when the kid takes over. That's all I'm going to say. We're, we're, we're seeing that. That's fire, yo. That's fire. <laughs> Nick's not going to have a lot of uh, basketball say. I, re- I really think Spo is going to be the one who. That's is- what you think, Leif. They're, these kids are crazy. They look at this whole. This, they look at it. It's not a hobby for them. It's, uh, Mickey Harrison. The Heat. He loves the Heat. It's his hobby. He doesn't care about making money with it. It's 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 his passion. The kids, and I'm not saying this about Nick. I'm just saying that when you look around and you look when kids take over after. Uh, of after like famous families have owned franchises for a long time, Steinbrenners, even the marriage with the Giants. Um, you start looking at the kids, they don't look at it as much as a hobby or as a plaything. It becomes a business, it becomes their legacy. So the way they run the franchise is colder. We, we're seeing that. 
right? It's more business-like. We're seeing that. It's less sentimental. Are we not seeing all these things happening as this transition is going on? I'm not, I'm just saying that if you look over the course of history at sports franchises, what's happening to the heat where the fat, where we're starting to get away from some of this heat life or stuff, this family aspect is this more sentiment, sentimental, it's less sentimental. It's more it's cold. This guy's got old, man. No, I'm, t- I'm, hey, listen. It's not, the Heat aren't changing that in that sense. Like, Dwayne Wade got old and they decided it was like they weren't going to, you know, do, give him the Kobe deal, even though they almost kind of did. Uh, but, like, it's time to move on and that's it, man. Like, it's, that's, I'm not saying that's, that it's wrong. That's, it's I'm not, not saying anything that it's wrong. new. You know what I'm I mean? I'm not like, saying that it's wrong. I'm just saying that this is what happens a lot of times when not when kids when the when the kids take over for the for the I kind of was parents. Kind of was. I don't think I don't think that like you're seeing any kind of transition from the Heat's organization. Uh, that aspect, like I think that they've. I think Riley's always, dude. Like before the Alonzo, before the Heat family stuff. Yeah, man. Like Riley's. Yeah, but reputation the, is like these summers where pe- these summers where 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 Riley admittedly has not spoken to his franchise players on the way out. Like, I don't know. I'm just, listen, I'm just saying just the, the communication stuff that's this, some of this communication stuff seems, it's, it seems new to me where people are just saying, yeah, I haven't even heard from Riley. Like well, I just that, talked to Riley. The communication stuff with Dwayne, I think Riley had a big uh, part in, in not kind of meeting halfway there. Uh, but with LeBron and with, with with Bosch, the, I think it's completely overstated. Riley was communicating with both of those guys, and they weren't they weren't reciprocating that communication. Um, and Riley has always been kind of cutthroat. I mean, he came to Miami and told Glenn Rice, "You're not going anywhere. I'm building around you." And the next day, he was in Charlotte. Oh. Alonzo Mourning, uh, you know, was here. So, um, so Riley will do that kind of stuff at times because it is a business. But I don't think that you're seeing some shift in the way that that um, that the organization's culture, which I know everyone will now make fun of me for talking about the culture. I, I don't think that that's going to change long term. But th- the one thing that does add a little credence to what you're saying, Alf, is that uh, you know I heard that Nick Arison was highly involved. Involved in the Dwayne Wade negotiations specifically, um, and I think that that's kind of an interesting uh, dynamic that kind of lends itself to what you've said a little bit. None of the guys like Nick. You, think you heard it here first. Well, but he's a Duke guy. I, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to say that because uh, I mean I know Shane. Duke guys. Shane, yeah, Shane, and Shane and Nick get along great. Dude, Shane gets along with everybody. <laughs> Uh, Shane also shills for them. He does show for the franchise. Shane so shills for the franchise. And I love Shane for it. I love Shane, dude. You think he got a I'm, job one day here? I yes. hope so, man. Coaching staff something. I mean, jo- dude, I-, I was looking at Juwan yesterday, and I'm like, man, that guy converted being the last guy on the bench to coaching position. Yeah, so did Keith Askins. Well, I mean, he hasn't been on the bench, but right behind the bench. <laughs> yeah, but dude, Jawan knew what he was doing the second he signed, though. Oh, for sure. Well, I mean, Riley's wanted him since '96. He thought he had him. I think Riley getting him was a bleep you to the uh, to the league. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, in the end, finally I got him. Needed yeah. David Stern. Minimum, but I finally got him. Ah, 
watched up Juwan. Um, I actually want to. We're gonna end the show because we've been running a long time. But I want to end one thing on Riley. I just think he's been he's been perfectly human, and I think like a reason why we like sports is because it's just a display of humanity in this such a pure unscripted way. And I think Riley has been so perfectly imperfect. He has so many skeletons, but he's also done so many great things. He's done things that are morally questionable at times but he gets results and he's always been interesting and he's been so human and that's why I've always liked him so much like it's so relatable in a way because like he's made mistakes and he's also had tremendous successes like it's but it's all played out very publicly and he's had a job with pretty much the same franchise for so long that a lot of guys don't survive some of those mistakes so you've got to see him go up and down and I thought that's been really really cool to see just such a it's honestly like one of the best stories in sports to me because you always, you always get so sensitive to end podcasts. Have you noticed that? Do I do that? Yeah, you, know, you get sentimental towards the end. I don't. Know. I like it. I want to. <laughs> I like it. I thought it was good. I don't know. I, I, did I just ruin? Did I ruin the moment? I mean, yeah, you, you totally you're, did. Black people, don't talk, black people don't like talking about their feelings, man. Oh.